Welcome to Keiko Talks, the weekly podcast where conversations about life, hot topics, mental health, and more take center stage. We are your hosts, Caitlin and Courtney Geiger. Together, we explore thought-provoking discussions with an ambient vibe that inspires open and honest dialogue. So sit back, relax, and join us for some insightful conversation that will leave you feeling informed and inspired. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Keiko Talks. Today, this might be a solo um, recording, our good sis, Katie Kate. Um, has been super busy these last couple of days. So um, we haven't exactly been able to catch up. Um, and that's another thing, just so you guys know, when, when Caitlin and I are linking up, we really are taking the time out to do these recordings. You know, we really are setting aside time in our our days, our weeks, our months to uh, make this podcast for you all. So we are so glad that so many of you um, and actually more people now, it looks like according to our YouTube stats, are like consistently watching our YouTubes and um, or listening to the podcast. So um, we're really happy about that. Thank you so much and commenting and, and all of that. So um, yeah, if you are like new or if you want to just like say hi, please leave a comment. I, we love to read them. I always read them um, throughout the week. So yeah. But for um, today's episode, we're going to be doing a little bit of a check-in um, like we did previously in a couple episodes back, um, just kind of see what's going on in life, what's what we want to talk about, some things we want to share, you know. Um, and for my check-in specifically, I wanted to discuss something that I thought was would be interesting that we haven't really talked about too, too much on our um, channel is just career paths like kind of what we're up to. So, um, as you all know, I am a, <laughs> I've said it a million one time, so I don't know why I'm acting like this is like news. Um, everybody knows I'm a filmmaker, writer, director, specifically screenwriting is like the format I typically write in though. I also, um, and I've written short stories, which was a lot of fun. And I actually really want to get back to that at some point. I just got to have a solid short story, idea <laughs> whenever it comes but um yeah so that's like that's the career path that I like pursue and then it's it's funny saying career path because it's like such something that you just like don't get paid for <laughs> especially like with the writer strike and everything that's going on now is like not something that a lot of most people who are doing it are really like you know, making their bread and butter off of but nevertheless it's still his career I have to this point actually uh, built up what I guess I could call a body of work, uh, just photographs, videos, writings, all that stuff, which most of it is online. You can see it or read it or whatever. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Just like for anybody who is curious about the career path or like what the career path of an artist is, um, especially an artist who is not what we see on TV because they are artists, but they also are heavily commercialized artists. So, so much of their career path is like really, really tied to in industry and industry inner workings. Um, yeah. And I'm sure they have even more to say than what I could possibly say, but I, I will, I want to speak from a, uh, frankly, I guess what people call a struggling artist, but an artist perspective 
your typical everyday working artist. <laughs> okay, so um, first things first, if you're going to be a working artist, is a work. Um, <laughs> but I'll speak, I got to speak specifically about filmmaking because I'm not sure what other art forms require and how that works. I'm not a painter or a sculptor or something. So like, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so the first thing I guess I could like share is like, assuming that if you're like interested in the career path, you have to um, work. And by work, I'd, I'm not even just talking about like something that you exchange for money, like labor exchange for money. But um, I guess it's labor exchange for your creative vision, your creative idea, your, you know, creative product, which really is a self-investment. Um, so I would encourage anybody who is who is an artist or thinking about becoming an artist or wants to like to make artwork consistently uh, or pursue it as a career path is you got to commit to that first, um, that mindset that you are also, you're an entrepreneur in a lot of ways. Um, not only are you like funding your own work most of the time, you are also the, you know, executor of said work right um and also the owner and uh you know exhibitor oftentimes of that work so you really are like every step of the process is a personal undertaking that's why it is so entrepreneurial and um so you've got the greatest I guess liability but also the greatest potential for reward with your own work right Versus, you know, when you are working for a company, they are the ones taking on the liability and reward. You are just one person helping them to extract the reward most of the time. Um, so, yeah, that's what's, that's that's the first thing I think I would say about being an artist is you got to really get into that mindset that you are your own uh, enterprise. I hate to say put artwork in business terms but yeah it it is like that and there are obviously legal um not issues but legal dealings you have to have be aware of like as an artist especially when it comes to things like copyright um so I would I do encourage people if you are going to be artists to at least consider to consider that as a part of your practice as well and uh speaking of practice um, I think that's something that you have to establish for yourself if you're an artist, at least how I define it is like to have a practice the same way like a doctor has a practice or a lawyer has a practice or a dentist has a practice and they're actively going about making, you know, basically practicing and, and using their skills, um, their medical skills on people, on the public to uh I guess for for money and change for money that's what you're doing as an artist you are practicing and crafting and continuing to grow as an artist so whether that's going to in my case going to writing groups or um what else did I do <laughs> writing groups um going to workshops whether that is reading, um, books on craft, um, watching films, going to performances, listening to music. Everything is a part of the practice. Any kind of consumption of 
artwork is a part of the practice to me, um, as well as obviously physically making your own work. So I spend a lot of time basically every day reading, watching, or consuming some form of artwork, which most people do anyways. They're just, they just might not be like conscious of the fact that it's like, or I guess maybe they don't think about it the same way I do. Like I do consider consuming artwork as a part of the process of um, getting better as an artist. The more artwork I consume, the bigger my context is for what can be created, what has been created, and to connect ideas. It's like, um, you know, like a kid learning words. They learn one word. They might learn like hand or foot or back or something like that. And then they like learn, okay, when I can put two words together and say backwards, or I can say, um, you know, it's another compound word or like knee, knee injury, something like that. Like you are always constantly building on to your, um, your previous, you know, bank of knowledge, um, as an artist. So I, I consider all of my consumption of work, um, intentional artwork. I try to, I try to really make sure that I'm consuming like artwork that is intentional. Um, and, and, as conceptual as possible. And that doesn't mean that I'm always consuming like high art, like I'm only listening to like, you know, classical music or Chopin or like, you know, Vivaldi or something like that. Like, cause I'm always, I'm listening to all types of things all the time, you know, like quote highbrow and lowbrow things, right? But as I'm consuming it, I'm like, I'm also consuming this person's ideas, their concept or whatever they put into it. And I'm not saying that I hold that all of it holds the same weight for me, but, um, but I do constantly consume it. So that is a part of the practice for me, looking, watching, listening, participating as an audience member in other people's artwork, because you can't always be creating something. You do have to, in some cases, be an observer. And that's, that's also the beauty, beauty of it as well. But you do want to make sure too, that you are also practicing. So, um, you know, People, I write every day, just about every day. Um, and that doesn't always mean I'm sitting at a keyboard clacking, like just like typing things out every single day. Sometimes writing is, okay, well, I've figured out a new plot point for this story, or I've considered <laughs> some like way that this can work better, um, or I've like edited, edited it either in my head or I write down notes on my phone or something. Some, I'm doing something that relates to crafting whatever project, whatever main project I've been like working on for the moment, right? So that is also part of the practice is continuing to sharpen, not only sharpen your skills as an observer, a watcher, listener, imbiber, but also to sharpen your skills as the maker too. Um, and I think establishing some sort of daily routine or maybe even a weekly routine, for that is critical again, because if you're to me, and I'm not saying this is always the truth, but to me as an artist, like you want to be practicing. That's important is to be practicing working. And the other thing too, is if you're consistently doing it, you're also building up a formidable body of work that you can always uh, go back to and you'll be like, look how much I did. And that's because you like made it a part of routine. You know, it's got this, there's this element of discipline to it that I think um, is critical. I think, I think that's what helps you to get better is replicating, um, 
those those solid skills, like I said, replicating excellence as much as possible. Um, that's not only going to help you get better, but it helps you to be able to to differentiate, I think, your work from from the masses because so many people are creating things all the time, right? So yes, that's that's my spiel on practice. Establish a routine for yourself. Establish a good lexicon canon of work, a routine where you're actually consistently consuming others' work and consistently making your own work. Um, and then, like I said, consider yourself an entrepreneur. Um, and that means in the legal sense, that means in just like the functional business sense, that means in the investment sense, like you are also... Um, your work is an investment in yourself, not only for today, but also for tomorrow, right? Artwork is one of the few things in um, this lifetime that that can exist beyond ourselves, right? So, like, you think about a musician, musicians who have been dead for hundreds of years, all we have left to them is the music that they created, right? Um, or we think about ancient civilizations, a lot of what we have left of them is things that they created and left behind that have existed beyond themselves. So I like to think about it like that as well. Like it's not just for today. And even if nobody gives a crap today, maybe this is something that is uh, useful even after I'm dead, you know? So, um, and I think un unfortunately not too many other professions necessarily have that luxury, luxury, I guess of um, leaving something behind. A lot of times you're just completing tasks and helping someone else leave their legacy behind. But like what what legacy or whatever, what are you leaving behind as yourself? What thoughts, feelings, whatever, desires, whatever are you leaving actually behind? And, and artwork allows you to do that. Filmmaking, especially because it's a recorded art form um, that can be played over and over and over again for millions and millions of years. Ideally, as long as you have the technology and the uh, same thing with like recorded music, that's something that can be, uh, you know, replicated and played over and over and over and over and over again as many times as you would like. Right. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I think about uh, something I think about being an artist, getting back to filmmaking specifically. Um, something I would encourage filmmakers to do is, again, going back to the entrepreneurial thing. Always, 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 no matter what, have people sign a little, just a little contract agreement, something. If you're working with them on a project, if you're shooting something, even if, you know, sometimes when I do photography projects, um, I still have people sign things. Just something to say, like, we're agreeing to what is, you know, this like uh, the work that we're creating, number one. Um, these are like the terms of it. Uh, there are standard contracts that you can like get online and it's really nice that so many things are like free and available now. So you want to make sure that you definitely have those just in writing from the crew, uh, the casting crew. Um, that's also going to help legitimize it in, in their minds as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, I think that is always a really good... Um, I always do that. I don't, it's like, it doesn't matter like what we're shooting, especially if I know I'm shooting it first and I know I'm like shooting it to be like published or put out into the world and not just like for funsies, I guess. I mean, if you're taking pictures of like your mom or whatever, you don't have to have, ask your mom to 
sign if it's just going to be like on your phone or whatever. But if I know like, okay, I'm putting these out, I'm editing them, I'm making them as, you know, I'm including this in my body of work, then I definitely want to make sure that um, we have something, some agreement signed um, on some level. Um, Another thing too, speaking of agreements is I think it's super important um, and it's something I continue to try to do too, is to try to find community um, as much as possible with other artists, people who do what you do or want to be doing, you know, what you want to be doing and are since are serious about it and are sincere and are like, you know, as like, are like taking the time to be very smart about it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, that is super critical. You learn so much from each other. Um, you can offer your skills. They can offer their skills. Um, they can help you with opportunities. You can help them with opportunities. And it's just really like beautiful give and um, I don't say give and take, but it's a really great mutual relationship you can you can develop with other artists. So I encourage people to definitely look for community. That has been super helpful for me. I know every time that I've started a new project, what's really kept me going is can, is being a part of those communities. Because, you know, like I said, I can talk to my non-artist buddies like all day long, but they really don't get it. No offense if you're listening, like y'all halfway don't get it. So it's very, and I know you also don't understand the like technical, uh, like craft part of it. <laughs> so it makes it very difficult to sort of, to have critical conversations about what what really needs to be in, what, need, what needs to go, how is this contributing to, you know, the form, the art form, like, or is this, is this working, is it not working? And those are, those are critical conversations you need to have um, to make your artwork the best that it can be, specifically filmmaking, specifically writing, you know, because there's so many implications when you put these things out. And then if you're a writer-director, you're putting your name also on it too. So it's important to um, just get critical uh, people who work in, who like, who create their own work and are like serious about it, who are very, um, who are aware to, to give you that kind of feedback. <coughs> and I'm, I have been fortunate and blessed enough to be like, like have circles and join circles of people who like, who, um, are dedicated to what they do and um, have been able to help me to evolve my own work. So yes, I'm very grateful for that. And, and I, I'm not even going to shun the non-artist friends. I don't think that's a bad, like, uh, group of people to consult. Because I do also consult non-artists as well, just because there's something to knowing what the average non-artist person, who is usually the, the main person consuming your work, is somebody who's not an artist, um, what they think about it, how, how they're perceiving your, uh, your work, you know? Um, so I do ask my non-artist friends. I just, I, I hear their, uh, critique through a certain lens. Cause I know it's not like their, you know, craft. <laughs> they don't spend time the same way I do, like really, really getting into it. So, and like studying, watching, learning, developing skills the same way I do so they're kind of speaking about it from like well this is what I see this is what I know or whatever you know so that's useful too I encourage you to have non-artist crit groups as well as artist crit groups um 
Yeah. And uh, and what I mean by crit is critique. Uh, so that's a like constructive criticism, feedback on on what on your work and how it's operating and uh, like how it's I don't say fitting into like the proper format, but but yeah, sort of like that. Um, that's critical to the artistic practice as well, specifically if you're a filmmaker. Um, I will also say filmmakers tend to have a lot more time in between projects and stuff. So like you end up really having a lot of time to sit down and think about something for a long time before you do it versus I think like other art forms like tend to be a lot quicker and just kind of like do it, which is so interesting to me. And I'm like, you haven't thought about this for five months. And they're like, no, <laughs> I did it in like two weeks. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. Um, oh yeah. I think something else too, especially if you're going to be an artist is like, uh, unfortunately we live in a deeply capitalistic society where, um, your artistic uh, skills can be exchanged for labor. But if you're really doing like your vision, your artwork, your project, whatever, oftentimes you're not really able to directly exchange that for, uh, <laughs> for money for wages. So what I would say is to always have some sort of, I hate the word backup plan, because backup plans are on my last freaking nerve. No backup plans. Actually, that's another thing I'm going to say. And I'm going to get on it later. No backup plans. All right. But I think having, using your artistic skills or maybe even another skill you develop over life. Um, I mean, some of your education, whatever it is, to use that to create some sort of stable income for yourself that will allow you to be able to then go and create your artwork. Um, there's a really famous quote by my Angelo that says, do what you got to do to do what you want to do. Uh, I think taking that mentality into your, uh, you know, artistic practice, yourself as an artist, artist, entrepreneur, whatever, I think having that mentality is, critical because unfortunately the world we live in does not necessarily value artistic contribution in the same way or they value it at incredibly uh for people who are incredibly uh commodifiable artists so like Beyonce <laughs> you know they're like Beyonce it's fine she's great or like just people who who are like famous they recognize them as like oh well you must have money or you must blah blah, blah. so like this makes sense for you but people who are not like on television or whatever they assume that it's like some it's not serious enough I guess or it's not whatever enough so regardless take care of yourself so they can't complain about that and then do what you gotta do what you want to do either on the side or you know try to get it as a part of your main as much as humanly possible right so I would encourage that on to backup plans I don't encourage backup plans because to me, backup plans are these sort of like, uh, they can become a crutch. I'm not saying they are always are a crutch. Um, I don't consider, and I've done plenty of things that are not, um, are like artistic things that would that like sustain my like living, right? So I'm not saying that you need to like not have any uh, additional skills or whatever. 
what I'm saying is considering a backup plan to me is like a forfeit of the original plan. And what I would encourage you to do is to see different routes to plan A. There's never not a plan A. It's different routes to it. <laughs> so maybe your route is I do take this like desk job, but do my, you know, painting at home, like on the nights, on the weekends, right? Or I, because I've definitely done that too, sat at a desk all, you know, while making uh, our work at home on the side, sometimes at the desk, doing whatever, you know, doing whatever you got to do. But that was never a, I was never sitting there just like, okay, well, since I'm here, I'm not going to pursue what I ultimately want to be doing. No, this is just what I got to do today during the day to make sure I can do what I want to do when I go home at night on the weekends, right? And then hopefully the weekends and the nights can take over the day, right? Like that's that's the dream. <laughs> so I don't encourage backup plans at all. I think backup plans allow some people, not all people, to um, to forfeit plan A. And that's never, and that's just really a way of saying don't go after what you actually want. So, or don't say don't go after you want. Don't pursue your like artistic, uh, you know, goals or dreams or whatever, right? Or don't pursue art as a career path, right? And another thing too is you don't have to like be all in and like jump in and be like, oh, I have to be a full-time artist. I just want to be a full-time artist. All I want to do. I don't even think that that's necessarily like what you have to do either. Like if you really do want to just like work during the day, go make your artwork at night, make it a hobby kind of thing, keep it, you know, if you are able to get into shows or do what and like, you know, exhibit your work, do that. But um, yeah, you don't have to, if you don't want to, you don't have to make it something that you see as a long-term goal or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be that. But if your desk job or your day job or whatever supports your artistic um, dream or, or your goal, and I'm not even talking about dream as far as like quote what society is defined as successful successful artists but if it's supporting your artistic habit then um then that is that is success so I want people to understand that that you don't have to be like pursuing a full-time artistic thing either um because I realize that it's not for everybody so yeah I just say don't let don't let what you got to do during the day be the what stops you from from pursuing what you want um or doing what you love to do um when you're when you're not you know tethered to capitalism anyways so yeah that's what i think about plan a's plan b's because i swear to god people tell me about this well what's your backup plan if blah 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 doesn't work out ain't no backup plan right it's different routes to plan a right <laughs> that's it <laughs> Anyway, um, and then another thing too, we talked about community, talked about backup plans, talked about entrepreneurship, talked about developing a practice for yourself, um, talked about studying. Um, I think also something I would say is, I know this is important for me, but, but part of the what I enjoy about the practice is like, uh, just being is a conceptualizing part of it is really sitting down and thinking about things for a long time. Like I've always been a very thinking heavy person, thinking heavy, even as a kid. Right. 
So that that was really important. So I enjoy I enjoy sitting and thinking about things and thinking about how to connect things for a long time. You know, that's why it takes me like months to write, to finish a script or whatever. Like, and it's because I'm really sitting there like contemplating all of it. Um, not only for the fictional world that I'm creating, but also like what does this look like in the real world? How is the real world informing what I'm writing? How is what I'm writing potentially going to inform the real world? Um, you know, and does it make sense? Does it link? Does, is it connected? Like I really spend the time doing it, not only because I care, but because it is a, um, it's an enjoyable thing for me. Like I like to think about things a lot for a long time. And then to come out with this like product to discuss it and then hopefully invite other people to discuss it. You know, and that's kind of the crux of what I'm, what I like do, you know, especially even when I'm like doing photography, like I do make things to hope, hopefully encourage some sort of discussion or encourage people to see something differently that they didn't see before or to, you know, make the familiar, uh, take the familiar and make it unfamiliar. You know what I mean? That's really something I like. I genuinely enjoy about, about creating. Um, yeah, I try to think, I'm sure that like something else will come up in the middle of the day. I'm trying to think if there's anything else specifically related to filmmaking that is critical. Oh, and another thing, it's a hustle. Part of it is just a hustle. All right. Just straight up, get up, grind, make it happen kind of thing. Like you got to kind of have that, like, this is going to happen or else like mentality. Um, and not that or else has to be like death or something crazy or extreme, but like you've got to be sort of uh, one, I guess one tracked mind, but really, but really, especially if you are like writing, directing, filmmaker, you gotta really have that like grit, um, to to make it happen because there's gonna be so many setbacks. It's like even if you got everything, you got the money, you got the crew, you got the locations, you got the blah blah blah. Something is going to happen that is just like not working in the moment and you got to like push through and make it happen regardless, figure it out, you know, be open to change and open to adaptability. Um, and that just really takes a lot of like, like, oh, we're going to make it happen regardless. A lot of the like, I guess discipline maybe, but I'm just like, if this didn't work, let's figure out a way that it does work and we're not going to stop till it, till it does work, you know. So I think that is part of, that's sort of required. Um, and then I said something too, like being open to change because everything's not going to work the way that you think it's going to work. Um, even if you planned out every single shot, every single like line of dialogue and it's all like perfect, perfected and crafted and like ugh, all this stuff, right? I can guarantee you something is not going to work the way you planned it to work, like guaranteed. And sometimes the way that it, do, that it does work is so beautifully, uh, like, spontaneous and really works that you have to, that you were like, I'm so glad it did not work that way. You know, like, there's one scene in Cloud that I really, I had written and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I really want this moment in here, but I I can't, I like, it's just not going to work the way it's, it's already, like, you know, written and with the actors and all of that. And then you know, because of things falling into place or whatever, like it ended up being so much better because I just was like, all right, well, I'm open to changing it. 
you know, and making it making it work. And again, that goes back to me to grit and do whatever we got to do to make it happen, even if that means reconsidering things, changing things, uh, listening to maybe what an actor has to say or what like, you know, some somebody has to say, like being open to the idea that it can evolve. Like maybe it is your 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 core concept, but it can people can help it to evolve. Right. So that's important. That to me is a part of grit is in some ways surrendering too. you know, it's like the best leaders also um, can can be followers and let other people lead at, at certain points. Right. So, yes, I encourage that. Um, specifically, if you're going to be like a writer, director, that means you're going to be pretty much put in like leadership positions a lot of time creatively. So I I also would encourage you to really consider what being a leader is. Um, because like, so I heard somebody say, I think it was Greta Gerwig, she was like, these like films don't have to exist, right? Or your artwork doesn't have to exist. But if you're like, you know, not pleasant to be around or not pleasant to really like work with, or your leadership is like sketchy somehow, you know, people aren't going to like voluntarily come back to like be around you, you know? So make sure you really understand what it's like to to be a leader and to lead with like compassion and um, empathy and and all the really important virtuous, uh, you know, characteristics. Um, And to not be afraid, like to surrender at times, you know what I mean? That's really critical. And to no egos, no, or just unchecked egos, not necessarily like an ego, but like unchecked egos, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I would definitely encourage that, especially specifically filmmaking, because that's such a collaborative art form and you have to be very, um, there's, there's a hierarchy to it. I think that is like, you know, as much as we like to like disband hierarchies over here, there is a hierarchy to it that, that I think you could do respectfully and in a healthy way. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else is there? Oh, um. Another just practical thing, look into programs and grants. So um, grants for filmmaking, as well as like fellowship programs, internship programs, mentorship programs, or reach out to people who are filmmakers um, for their mentorship. See if they'd be open to it. Like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there as an artist, filmmaker. If you do want to pursue it, like professionally and show your work, exhibit it. Um. And not have it kind of be like a backyard hobby sort of thing. Um, don't be afraid to step out, no matter what level you're at. You know, it's going to require stepping out at some point anyway. So like, so do it, get comfortable with it, get comfortable speaking to people, speaking in front of people, sharing your ideas, being confident in your ideas. Um, get comfortable with it, because this would be a lot of that. Um... Yeah, and then I think also if you're like director or producer too, get really comfortable with the idea that all questions and liability are gonna come are gonna come back to you. Um and like sometimes financial responsibility is gonna come back to you. People are gonna be looking at you as the uh, main person, <laughs> contact person, especially if it's like super indie, they're gonna come they're gonna be asking you. Um so yeah, you gotta get used to that. Um, yeah, and just like, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Being an artist is such a privilege. 
which is why I guess so many people consider it this sort of like la di da, um, the sort of flittering around the uh, real life profession. But I consider it deathly serious, actually. Um, if it wasn't for some form of like artistic medium or like creation, um, a lot of the things that we enjoy, even in like the real world, in like the non-artistic world, I guess, would um, not exist. You know, like think about like architecture. Somebody had to draw the building, art, you know, or like videos they watch in the workplace. Somebody had to make the videos, right? Um, so yeah, I I consider it deathly serious. Like I said, it's a practice, the same as a practice would be for a lawyer or a doctor or whatever. And I spend the like appropriate amount of time or like what I consider the appropriate amount of time, maybe even more time, really like crafting and learning things and watching things and assessing things. Because um, I want to just always be sharp, you know? Um, so yeah, I encourage if you do want to like step into art as a career path to to be, in my opinion, that serious about it. Doesn't mean you have to go around being like, this is real art. That's not real art. And be like pretentious. Pretentious is not the same as being serious. Okay. You can be serious about something and not be pretentious. <laughs> I encourage you to be to take it seriously because it is um it is a practice. And it's what it's what is left. It's a part of your your personal legacy, right? And the idea is that ideally as many people will be able to like see your legacy while you're alive. <laughs> That's like the the hope and dream of the artist, right? Um, so yeah, I I'm I feel like I rambled here, but I'm hoping people are really taking nuggets from it because I didn't write any of this down. This is off the dome, you know. Um, yeah, that's what I sort of think about uh, being an artist, specifically being a filmmaker, writer, director. Um, is practice, get better at your craft, uh, meet people, get out and get together a community, be kind, don't be pretentious, take it deathly serious, but not be pretentious about it or have an unchecked ego about it. You got to get gritty and hustle. You got to get used to rejection. <laughs> um, you have to sometimes make things, make a way out of no way, like my good man Jesus did so many years ago. Um, yeah, and I, actually I thought about it the other day, I was like, you know what? I personally think being gritty comes from watching my mom all those years just like make a way for real out of no way, like... Obviously, she was not practicing, you know, being an artist or whatever. But, you know, just raising two kids on her own was a gritty I, life or death kind of thing. You know, like I, we, my kids got to eat, right? Or we got to like pay. I got to like keep a roof over their head, right? Like we're going to make this happen some way, right? And I think I just take that kind of uh, grit into making artwork is like, Maybe it's not as deathly serious as like feeding my children or like keeping a roof over our head or whatever, but I do take that sort of figure it out mentality into things. Um, and I definitely have her to thank for that. As well as playing sports gave me a lot of discipline. And I think that discipline 
and making sure I get up and do things and make make things happen and really stay on top of it is um, something I gained from sports. So like so many things in your life, if you really think about are um, interconnected skills that help you to become a really good artist and establish a practice for yourself. Um, so I don't think like if, if you're like new to it or you've like never picked up a camera or you never picked up the pen to write or whatever that you were like, you know, not uh, somehow like lacking the like essential skills, you know, like I said, two of the biggest soft skills, I guess I learned I were totally from non-artistic practices um, when there was no way for me to pick up a camera or whatever, you know, Um Oh, and another thing I want to add, I'm not asking like I'm the end all be all. This is just me, my perspective. You're uh, your local indie filmmaker over here. Um, with some things I've gathered as life has gone on and I've like, you know, continue to make artwork and whatnot, which I realized if I count college, I've been doing it since I was like 19. So it's like seven years now, almost eight years now. Um, so I've been doing this for a little bit and, um, most everything is just like, you know, from the, uh, sweat off my back, the love in my heart, the passion in my mind is how most things get done. Right. So yeah, that grit, love, passion, all that jazz, um, has got to be, I think those are essential skills. And that has nothing to do with whether you know, you know, what's the correct shutter speed to use at this time when you're doing flash and like all this, like that has nothing to do with technical skills. All right. That's just, you got or you don't, you know? Um, yeah. So Ooh, last thing I will mention, thought about this the other day as an artist, there's so many, or especially as a filmmaker, there's like work that's like canonized as like, this is important work or that is less important work. You should all, like, you can just Google it, like, the hundred most important films that were ever created, or a hundred most important screenplays, or like, this photographer is blah, 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 right? And I'm not saying that those, that work is not great. I think it's important to look at that, um, because that's what a lot of contemporary work is, like, frankly, based off of. But, um, I think it's also important to look, like I said, at things that are not considered fine art, Right. So like I'll watch like super indie back homemade in my kitchen stuff made on Tubi all the time. Love it. Um, I love to watch things that are made on Hallmark, um, things that are considered kind of like, I guess, lesser art forms or not as like refined art forms versus watching like, you know, um, it's like a famous filmmaker. Um like Kubrick films or like um, Fritz Lang, <laughs> you know, like famous people like that, um, who I think actually they have great films and I reference their films all the time. I love watching them, um, that sort of thing. So I, I, I don't know. I would encourage people just like I said, to keep your eyes open. I always maintain this. Brilliance is in your backyard. Okay. You can make brilliance in your backyard. Nothing can really quantify brilliance besides your own craft and intentionality that you put into and skill that you put into making something. Um, because something was made with $10 million doesn't mean it's brilliant. You know what I mean? 
um, or that it's really crafted excellently or with great intention. You know what I mean? Like you can quite literally shoot something in your backyard that explain like, like gets into like existential human experiences or even just specificity of somebody's identity or whatever. That's totally and completely brilliant. Um, and, you know, you spent $2 doing it versus like, you know, whatever comes out of like, like Marvel or whatever for like $100 million. Like maybe they were able to put more technology into it, but that doesn't mean it's like really uh, crafted or like uh, conceptually sound work, right? In my opinion. Um, or it doesn't always mean that. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But anyway, so I encourage people to think of that. I encourage people to watch, listen, learn. Um, you're an artist and an observer at the same time. Um, so go to performances. Even if it's not even your art realm, go to performances. I watch, sometimes I watch theater, you know, or like go to art museums or go to it all feeds. All of it feeds. And even if you think it doesn't, I'm telling you. You, if you're sitting down to like write something or you're sitting down to compose something or whatever, you'll be like, you know what? That one painting I saw at the Getty when I was blah, 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 blah. And you look it up or you learn something about the arts or whatever. And you're like, thank God I saw that. You know what I mean? And it helps you with your work there. So, yeah, I uh, that's that's a big thing is just to watch, observe, imbibe, take in, be a viewer of, of the world that you live in. And then also you know, artistic work. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I have to give on that. <laughs> That's probably, I already spent like 45 minutes talking. So yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you learned something. If you have any other questions um, about specifically filmmaking or writing or art or whatever, or just my views, again, I want to put my views, my views. I'm not a professor at, you know, whatever, AFI or UCLA or USC or wherever, whatever, NYU film school. Okay. This is like what I have developed for myself for the last eight, nine years. <laughs> what I've, you know, some conclusions I've made, <laughs> you know, um, that have mostly worked for me, I guess. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope you learned something. You got any other questions? You can email it to us, put them in the comment section. Hope you enjoyed listening and be sure to look out for another Keiko Talks episode coming next week. Bye, everybody. Take care. Hey, everyone. Um, it's Caitlin and I'm here with, I guess, like a little update. Um, nothing really is like crazy going on, but I had to... Uh, transition into like a new role and things like that so I've been pretty pretty like I don't know if busy is the word but like trying to navigate that situation and um things like that so it's just been um it's just been been interesting right uh so yeah I was just like figuring out the new dynamic of working out that situation and um new location and things like that so that's cool and figuring out like long term what's what's going to happen with me so yeah that's what's been going on there um so I we're doing like a little update this week or whatever and um currently I am working working and working (laughs) 
that's all I'm doing these days. Obviously, the podcast when uh, Courtney and I get together and um, hanging out with the buns. The buns are good. Dog's good. Cat's good. Everyone's good. So that's good. Um, what's going on in my life? Nothing's really going on. I've been just like hanging out, figuring out what I want to do with my life long term. I had this like cool little test thing that I um, took the other day. And boy, was that like a throwback to like high school, taking those freaking yearly tests. I don't even know what you call them, but there's like yearly aptitude tests or whatever. And I was like, honey, I, there are some things I was just not prepared for. But um, we'll see what comes of that, too. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, what else is going on? Um, nothing really, honestly. I've been... Um, I need to start like trying to exercise more. So I'm going to really try to like do that a little bit more strategically, get some walking in and exercising. And honey, I live like near a little hiking trail. So um, that's the perfect right there. But the hike that you have to take to come back up to my neighborhood, Jesus. I tell you, a girl be dying, dying, literally. Um, it's a nice little walk when you get down to the path. But the little, the little hike in between the neighborhood and said path, mm, legs be burning, lungs be about to fall out. Um, even the dog don't even want to walk it. So that should just tell you. Mm-hmm. And he's a dog. So um, I've been trying to like eat healthier and stuff like that too. So like trying to cook and not eat out as much. So that's been helpful. Saves a little bit of money. I don't even know if it really saves any money, but whatever that's what we're doing and um yeah so i'm still really into like puzzles and stuff like that still really into like um just chilling nature stuff nothing crazy i am honey i've been working on this one puzzle for god knows how long and um like it has these little black portions like all black portions and honey when i tell you a brain freaking fart like for life of me, I just cannot figure it out. It's not that I can't. I just have been lazy about it because it's not my normal technique of finishing puzzles. But um, yeah, so um, nothing really, really going on here, you know. I think um, if you guys have any suggestions of what we should record, put that down in the description. So yeah, that's my update and um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye guys.